And welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem over at WMMRDB Rockford. Your place to go for all biker news. It's Friday, finally. How's everybody feeling about the weekend? Snow's melting over here in Northern Illinois. Oh, do I love it, the snow melting. That just means riding season is around the corner baby how's everybody doing over there on youtube facebook twitter you name it we're there i'm looking at some of the radio uh, station right now uh analytics and joining us is russia yeah the ruskies over there as well as canada united states europe oh man we got amsterdam in here Ooh, smoke one up for hollywood man every time you smoke one i can puff puff past mine michael over in facebook tgif friday rock and roll man uh mindy my girl mindy's over in facebook uh, this is the first half of the show again YouTube and Facebook then we go into the second uh, half of the show exclusively over on our radio station we go whoa man we go about 10 o'clock almost over on the radio station China now comes in joins me we talk about all kinds of stuff we do a couple phone scams here and there and play a lot of music and that is at MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com don't forget to join the throttle club man and get all kinds of exclusive perks man we got stuff starting at a dollar 99 a month just to help support the station man dollar 99 a month how you doing tim harm i hope you're feeling better buddy man you're going through some uh stuff i hear and uh, hopefully you get uh, better soon got some news to start out for today we're gonna be exploring this case of april kaufman for those that don't know what that is that was a radio dj uh she uh worked at a pretty well-known station her husband was a schmuck doctor getting involved in the drug trade ended up uh killing her blaming it on the pagans motorcycle club one of them turned i guess and went after uh freddie angelo who i believe man is a good guy i don't think would have uh anything to do with this stuff but because the cops had such a hard on for the pagans they went hard at him man and there is a new book coming out on this subject that's why I kind of wanted to preempt it before anything. Hopefully our bots in Discord are out there working right now. I had to work with them this morning. So uh, Connecticut is in the house. We got all kinds of people listening to us uh, over on WMMRDB, man. Real exciting stuff. So, uh, listeners that uh, normally don't come over on the YouTube channel and all that good stuff. And you know what? I've been hearing, whoo, 
My goodness gracious, I've been hearing a lot of people around the water cooler listening to us on the radio. Everybody's turning, tuning in. It's great stuff, man. Really appreciate uh, the update on that Me6 bot, uh, Morbic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to cover uh, pretty much today. And uh, a couple of uh, famous uh, mobsters are in the news. Uh, Gotti, uh, his brother, just passed away. We'll be going over that as well as uh, Salerno just got out uh, or trying to get out, whatever it is, out of the joint here in Illinois. So let's uh, get to some news real quick, and then we'll get into our subjects for today. Uh, out of MRF, we just got this uh, before we come on air. Bridging the gap last weekend, members of the Motorcycle Riders Foundation attended a meeting of the National Councils of Clubs in Gulfport, Mississippi. Way to go, man. It's about time some of these uh, biker rights organizations start reaching out to NCOC, NCOM, and trying to work together. The MF, uh, MRF was invited to the event entitled Bridging the Gap to discuss opportunities for the motorcycle club community to work in partnership with the MRF on national legislation. The MRF gave two presentations, the first on our 2021 legislative agenda and the second on the outlaw, uh, outlook for motorcycling going forward. Uh, the MRF was representative by Kurt Hartel Willard. Hey, Willie. Uh, MRF President Jay Jackson, MRF Vice President Fred Harold, Director of Conference and Events. We're going to have to try to get a Willard on the show, man. Talk about the 2021 agenda. Todd Ribba, MRF Members Representative. Russell Raddick, uh, Director of Sustaining Member uh, Motorcycle Clubs. And Rocky Fox of the Government Relations. The weekend in Gulfport was the culmination of years of work by the MRF and clubs to find common ground on issues of importance to all motorcyclists. Specifically, Russell Reddick uh, should be applauded for his efforts to help foster lines of communication and collaboration between clubs and independents. Russell has spent countless hours spreading the word about the MRF, and this weekend was a product of the hard work. Uh, they want to thank, uh, let's see here, the National Coalition Clubs for the invitation to Gulfport and thank to uh, thank all to you uh, who's fighting for biker rights nationwide. So that's uh, finally uh, some good news. Uh, these MROs are reaching out to the clubs, man, because maybe they're starting to understand that clubs are at the forefront of a lot of these fights they really are and they can't do it alone on their own because motorcycle clubs represent a very large portion of what happens in the motorcycle scene as you know there is a lot of interest in mcs lots of it 
Why do you think all these uh, type of protocol channels pop up and everybody talks about MCs all the damn time? Uh, we uh, cover them in the news, which, uh, you know, get some balls hurt. You know, I had a comment the other day over on the YouTube channel. Uh, why you keep on covering this news? It's making clubs look bad. Well, that is the ex exclamation point right there it is news and it is opinion uh, based news you know we read uh, some articles and try to rebut some of the stuff that they put out in the media uh sad state of affairs man and uh last year i was hoping to cover some motorcycle rallies but dang old coronavirus not too happy man not too happy i'm hoping it uh kind of levels out this year so we can have uh some normalcy and i'll be able to cover it uh saturdays man we're gonna have standalone videos uh we're gonna get back to that uh tomorrow we're gonna be talking about the pan am uh it's a pretty good presentation man working uh hard on week getting that presentation uh together so that's at 8 a.m central standard time we're also available now on youtube in german french filipino polish ruski and a bunch of other languages so take a look at that stuff you're subtitled in those languages as well we're growing pretty uh, big internationally uh australia we're always big there but i think they get a kick out of my uh, review of uh, them crazy aussies over there uh they call them nike bikies over there because they dress in uh hip-hop style man hey every generation's different man uh i guess it went from uh greasy scooter tramps to now uh making a fashion statement over in australia and some of it happens over here in the united states too it is the hip-hop generation that is now coming into the scene us gray beards man are being pushed aside for the nike bikies man you know only thing i have a bitch about nike bikies because you know you know you're gonna wear your style you're gonna do you you're gonna be you uh is they don't ride so much you nike bikies it's not about all looks man i know you get some hot ass babes hot ass babes but you gotta ride that sickle a little bit man Ride that motorcycle a little bit. At least get your uh, hair in the wind. <laughs> if you like to donate to the show, go ahead and do that on Super Chat, man. Even $1.99 works. It works, man. I tell you, man, that goes a lot uh, towards the show. You can do it on Super Chat. You can do it on uh, PayPal as well as Cash App at Dollar Sign Motorcycle Madhouse. Oh, Nugget. Nugget, Nugget, Nugget. I'm You're probably over there in Australia. You're looking, uh, he says, Hollywood, we call the Nike bikies because half of them don't even ride motorcycles. Sad state of affairs, baby. Sad state of affairs if that is true. That is sucking, man. I don't know why they wouldn't want to ride. Beautiful out there. But let's get into this case of uh, Freddie Angelo and why I believe, you know what, this was a setup from the start. I believe it was. Uh, and 
this goes back to let me see what date this was this is right at uh let's see here this was right at 2012 i believe it was uh freddy is actually doing life uh, plus 30 i believe okay this was the latest issue this was uh february 8th 2021 but it goes all the way back there now he uh jim kaufman that's the schluck doctor was accused of operating an illegal drug ring with a motorcycle gang as well as having his wife killed to avoid exposure you know let's take a listen police in linwood new jersey have no suspects in the murder of april kaufman but her husband jim suggests law enforcement look into a dangerous local biker gang the pagans detectives learn it's possible that through her work with veterans april had indeed come into contact with the outlaw bikers. In the American Legion, you have actually those who served in the military. And then the Legion riders are a group that has motorcycles and they do a lot. They do funeral events. They do a lot of military events. Some of the members of their group were probably veterans, uh, attended veteran events. They weren't coming over for tea or barbecues or anything like that, but I'm sure she's crossed paths with some of these individuals. Had April inadvertently said or done something to put herself in the pagans' crosshairs, knowing the gang's reputation for violence and April's outspoken personality, it's a possibility investigators can't ignore. The fact that April Kaufman was a woman um, and the Pagan's Outlaw Motorcycle group view of women in general plays into it. What do you mean? Basically, in the Pagan's Motorcycle group, women aren't equal to men and they don't count equally. So they didn't view her as being worth very much. Wow. What a schluck. <laughs> Man, that was messed up. April Kaufman, a New Jersey radio host, was known for being outspoken and opinionated. That wouldn't have got her killed. But was also beloved by her circle, who would have wanted to kill her. Quote, April could definitely piss people off, but April was April. She had a knack of telling you to go to hell and make you look forward to the trip. She had to ruffle feathers. And by the way, I actually interviewed a time back, and you can look it up, uh, one of the episodes in our library, either on YouTube or on Spotify, Anchor, whatever you may be, you can see that episode where we interviewed, I believe it was a friend of hers, and she is also very convinced that Freddie had nothing to do with this. And as you see, it already starts out with a bias. The guy who actually did the stuff you know he committed suicide by the way because he was just a punk uh but anyway he led them to the pagans he already knew the play he was gonna try see this guy was doing his own deal and i believe he was working with that rat over uh yeah i think he was working with that rat so them two had something going next thing you know 
they get caught up and now they're blaming other pagans and you already have a biased FBI agent as you can see the biggest thing was that the pagans have no respect for women and that is our evidence that we should use against them I call BS just because women are not allowed in most clubs doesn't mean that clubs don't respect them. The cops want to go and try to make it seem like club members are a bunch of chauvinistic, which some probably are, uh, cavemen that have nothing that they want from a woman other than a knob job or something. What they don't tell you, on the flip end, is a lot of club members have mothers, they have sisters, they have daughters. So, if what the feds say about women and how they're treated by clubs was true, damn, there's a whole lot of women hating going on. Feds have such a hard-on for the pagans, the angels, the outlaws, the ditos, the mongols, the list goes on and on and on. They will throw whatever bullshit that they can come up with in the media to make a club look bad. I believe it was even the, the New Jersey Crime Commission put in the fact they did a whole damn thing on the pagans by the way and saying well they're a criminal this they're a criminal that we got to do this you know they are a threat that's how the cops play things and that is also how they poison a jury pool like I said before, Freddy has life plus 30 years for this. Life plus 30 years. And I believe the man's innocent. But they even brought up American Legion writers out of this. That was like messed up. That's one thing I'd never heard of before in this case until then. See, they're just bringing everybody and everybody, putting it in there, throwing it against the wall, see if it sticks, because they want to get their men. They want to get that man. They got to justify, they got to justify, by the way, their budget, and it all comes down to money with these people. Let's continue. April Kaufman worked as a host for an Atlantic City radio station. She was very active in volunteering with veteran efforts, like the thing said. Uh, so it was no surprise she fell for Jim Kaufman, a doctor who regaled her with tales of being a Green Beret during the Vietnam War. Well, if he was a Green Beret, he sure bitched out when it came down to everything, didn't he? Uh, in 2000, uh, she, he became her third husband. The two were something of a power couple. Uh, however, on May 10th of 2012, it came all crashing down. Quote, my boss is lying on the floor of her bedroom and she's not answering me. The Kaufman's handyman told 911 in an audio obtained by Killer Motive. 
Now, again, there's going to be a book released on that that we're going to talk about and the whole nine yards. Now, detectives first focused on Jim, which was right, uh, but they claim he had an airtight alibi. He had left early that morning for his medical center and was documented on camera with phones and all that stuff. He did mention something that sparked investigators' interest. He suggested... They look into the Pagans Motorcycle Club, explaining April likely crossed paths with them. Really? He just, out of the air, suggested that. While he's doing business with one of these guys. Who, by the way, turned informant. Against Freddy. All of a sudden. Set up from the beginning. And as far as I know, he had this all pre-planned with this guy where he would show up on camera the whole nine damn yards. It was a setup. And the cops bought into it. That was the start of this stuff. Now let's go to Freddie. He got sentenced to life in prison 30 plus years for the murder of April Kaufman. Sad state of affairs. Here's a guy that didn't even do nothing. He is more like a hippie than anything. He loved his guitars. He loved playing the scene. Having a good old time. But because he was an officer with the Pagans, they went after him. It's kind of like all the Rico bullshit. They always do this stuff. Always go to the top. It's like Pike and Portillo. They went after him. Why? Because some people in that organization got caught up and started ratting. Come on, the National Sergeant at Arms, for Christ's sake, cut a deal. So they go after people that have nothing to do with anything. I believe that's what happened with Freddy. They went after him because he was in a position of power within a club that the cops absolutely despise. They absolutely despise the pagans. Superior Court Judge Bernard DeLaurie sealed the fate of Freddie Angelo for his responsibility in the murder-for-hire scheme of April Kaufman by sentencing him to life in prison plus 30 years. If he survives, Angelo will be approximately 117 years old before he is eligible for parole, which will all but ensure he will spend the remainder of his natural life behind bars for the crimes he committed. Now, he's six, is 62. Now, he was convicted on count one of first-degree racketeering, and that got him 10 years. Count two was the first-degree uh, leader of narcotics network. Counts three and four was second-degree possession with the intent to distribute. Counts that they're going after him and got him on. Uh, First-degree conspiracy to commit murder. Uh, count two and four, or font five, run concurrently. Now, if he was this big drug dealer, and he had a murder for hire on April Kaufman... Can you guys please explain to me, and I believe this is the case, I'm not going to be 100% on this, 
but I believe that he had a public defender. He had a public pretender, as we call them here in the Midwest. They act like they're lawyers, but they're really not. They're really not lawyers. So if he's this big drug dealer involved in all this funny business, why the hell did he have a public defender, man? Come on. If you're facing this kind of time and these charges, you're not going to go with a public defender unless you don't have that money. So right here, it makes no sense whatsoever why Freddy's even involved in this. Like I said, he loved playing guitar. He looked, he looks like a hippie. He's all about peace and love, not about killing people. But because of a red and an informant, that led them to the cops. Because he had to cut a deal because he was actually the one involved. He was involved. But because Freddie was an officer, they had to go towards him. They wanted that big fish. Ain't that what they do to not only clubs, but they do it to the, the family bosses. They do it on the streets with the gangs. They always got to have top dog. And God forbid that you kill 19 people like Sammy the Bull Gravano, that big ass rat. They'll cut deals with the devil just to get what they want. 19 people. Remember that. I think it might have been more with the bull. But he, Because they wanted John Gotti's pecker so bad. They cut a deal with him. Only giving him some time for the 19 murders. You crazy? That's how far your prosecutors... And your law enforcement will go to get somebody. And them are people that had high-priced freaking lawyers. Here Freddy is with only a freaking public pretender. But he's supposed to be this kingpin. Messed up. Uh, through an ACPO investigation, it was determined that a long-term alliance between members of the Pagan Outlaw Motorcycle Gang and former Dr. James Kaufman was created for the mutual benefit of financial gain through the use of Kaufman's medical practice for illegal drug distribution, which culminated on the May 10, 2012 murder. Now, I feel sorry for her. I, nobody should die. Nobody. But Freddie didn't do it. It said, ultimately... It was her husband that made the decision to kill April Kaufman. And based on information and belief. Belief is not evidence. Kaufman told Angelo that April threatened to expose the illegal Oxy distribution network. No, he told that to the rat. Now, it claims that uh, Freddie propositioned a number of individuals to murder April. These individuals were all pagans, former pagans, or associated with the pagans. He was unsuccessful for about almost a year. And James Kaufman was getting restless with uh, Fernand, or Ferdinand. He found uh, Francis Muholland, 
He was a cousin of a pagan association, uh, associate Joseph and a member of the drug enterprise. Do you think a national officer with the pagans is going to have a, such a hard time and go pagan the pagan or associate to associate to try to get somebody to kill this broad? Do you think they are that stupid? You think somebody, that's leaving a trail of evidence right there. He, Nobody's that stupid to do something like that. That's how they pin them, though. Let's read on. Uh, Francis Muholland was given a gun. He went inside, shot April uh, twice, and then left. Uh, it is believed there was a payment made to both Francis and his cousin. It is unknown if the payment was uh, in form of cash, drugs. Uh, Francis has stated that he received approximately $20,000 in cash for his role. Now, that probably came from the doctor because Freddie didn't even have the money to get a freaking real attorney. So it didn't come from him. The money was picked up on the day of the murder by Fernand uh, uh, Angelo's ex-wife. The scripts were used to obtain drugs that day and money was given. Following the murder, the drug enterprise continued for an additional five years. Really? <laughs> five years after that murder? Now you see where the timeline ain't making any sense here. Those receiving uh, pills during uh, change during that time, however, every person to be involved in the drug enterprise was a pagan. Former pagan or an associate of a pagan. So if that's true, why was it Freddy that went down? If everybody was involved in this enterprise, why was it only Freddy that went down? I cannot believe that. That's bullshit. None of this stuff makes sense. And this is the book that's coming out I was telling you about. Wrapping up the Kaufman killing, reporter Anne McCormick dishes on her book about the S.J. homicide. Now, I'd be interested if she actually got Freddy's, because I haven't read this yet. So my first question when an, seeing something like this from a reporter is, did you go sit down with Freddy and get his side of the story? Because we know you damn reporters don't do that. McCormick told me that in 2017, a new prosecutor had taken another look at the lingering case and had asked for a DNA sample from Jim Kaufman. This was four years after she got involved in the story, and I felt that for some reason I was supposed to be writing about it. Ooh. Your gut? Or it's predestined? Are you fucking Nostradamus? Two months after the new prosecution uh, began his review of the case, FBI and local law enforcement attempted to execute a search warrant on the doctor's office. Kaufman brandished a gun and threatened to kill himself. Once people knew that he was in jail, people came out right and left with new information. 
April Kaufman's daughter, Kim Pack, told me that it what it came down to is that this was a story of a woman who was in the safest place in her home, her bedroom, and was shot and killed. I'm going to move forward on this. It talks about this reporter's uh, deal, and she did cover the trial of Freddie, known in pagan circles as miserable. <laughs> really? Angelo was the outlaw biker who was convicted of plotting April's murder. Andrew Glick, one of the pagans who was involved with Kaufman's pill mill, became a cooperating witness and wore a wire that supposedly secretly recorded Angelo. Uh, those recordings helped convict him, according to the prosecutors, Angelo arranged for Francis Mulholland to murder her. Uh, I don't see any of those tapes on here. And get this, Mulholland later died of a drug overdose. <laughs> There's a hitman for you. McCormick, oh, here she goes. She actually did interview Angelo. I spent a couple hours with him in the course of a couple interviews. He's really charming. He comes across as a guy who doesn't do drugs and he is careful about what he eats. If you talk to other people, including the people who testified against him, he's terrifying and a master manipulator. Joe Holland, the man who drove the alleged hitman, is a massive guy. He said on the stand that he was terrified of Fred Angelo because of his mind games. Anyway... The book that's coming out is The Doctor, The Hitman, and The Motorcycle Gang. And it's a true crime book that reads like a thriller. Well, there you go, folks. That's what's behind all this is that right there. Now, let's get uh, some other news out here before I bring China Dial on the show for the second half over on MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com. Uh, the Gambino family boss, Peter Gotti. Rest in peace. Brother and successor to the Dapper Don dies in prison at 81. Uh, one time uh, Gambino crime boss Peter Gotti, the successor to the older brother, uh, he actually died on Tuesday He uh, after losing two bids for early release. Uh, the former sanitation worker turned mob Don was convicted in 2004 of racketeering, including charges of placing a $70,000 bounty on the head of Gambino family turncoat, Sammy the Bull Gravano, whose devastating uh, testimony landed John Gotti in federal prison. The same guy that the feds cut a deal and this dude killed more 19 or more people. Uh, quote, I had a call Thursday morning that he died, said attorney James Craven III. That's all I know. I liked him. May he rest in peace. Gotti spent his final two months in the FMC Butner in North Carolina after a Manhattan federal judge flatly rejected his compassionate release. But you're out there probably, you know, hmm. Letting frickin' uh, uh, child molesters out. We're going to be going over that story in the second half. A uh, federal judge worried that Chicago mob boss Mike Sarno might return to outfit ways. 
Upper uh, Crush Chicago mobster Mike Sarno is just a sliver of the made man he once was, according to what a federal judge in Chicago was told. Apparent illness has Sar- uh, Sarno slimmed down to under 200 pounds, according to his attorney, after sk- uh, tipping the scale at 350. Uh, these days, Sarno hardly lives up to his nickname, the large guy, and certainly doesn't fit the mob moniker he began with as a bundling gangster fat boy. Also, the criminal hoodlum is promising to eschew the outfit life he enjoyed for years if he is let out of prison early on compassionate release. Sarno 63 became a made man or wise guy. Uh, a long time ago, as uh, the I-Team uh, reported uh, in September, Sarno was denied compassion release on COVID-19 grounds, even though his attorney uh, made a case that the mobster health was in such a free fall that that contact in the virus would kill him. In 2008, the buds, uh, the feds busted Sarno for operating an outfit gambling business and a robbery crew that was in cahoots with the outlaws biker gang. The federal case also involved the firebomb attack on the Berwyn competitor, and all of it landed Sarno a 25-year sentence. That there he was denied on compassionate grounds. Sad state of affairs, man. He should have got out there right there, man. Uh, But anyway, 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 we're going to switch over to the radio station, MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com. We go to about 9, 30, 10 o'clock over there, man. So get on over there. Have some fun with us. Those over on YouTube and Facebook, we'll catch you later. Get on uh, the other side, man. Come to the dark side, man, where I can freaking be me. Talk to you guys later. Oh, yeah, baby. We're going to get going here with Chinatown. She's coming into the room right now. And 